0: This is Isaac Coffee, and you're listening to From Nothing to Profit.
1: Welcome to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya, where each week they talk to photographers about what is working in their business now so you can swipe those ideas and grow your business faster.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another week, another podcast. So this week, we have Isaac Coffee on. So... Isaac, I don't really know you. You're you're one of Kaya's guests, so I'm excited to get to know you. But basically, here's what I do know about you, that you do high-end personal experience for high school seniors, but you live in a smaller town, right? So tell, tell us a little bit about that um, and kind of catch me up and catch our audience up of what's going on.
0: Yeah, I live in a smaller town of like 20,000 people. It's, it's more rural than anything, so it's very, very spread out. Um, and senior portraits, it's a known thing around here because I know how in the country, there's just different, you know, different demand for senior portraits, but around our area it's known. Um, but I am the only one in the area that's really offering kind of the full, full experience from, you know, the hair makeup artist type thing all the way out to IPS, which blows my mind. There's so many, so many people not doing IPS in my area where it's. It's just a, it takes a lot of education, um, which I'll talk about a little bit later when we hit some of those parts. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's high end high school senior portraits. That's what I kind of specialized in. I tried out families. I tried out weddings and I just fell more in love with doing senior portraits because I felt like it was a slowed down, uh, process where I could, I can be more creative and, um, uh, take my time with each individual as opposed to a group of individuals or, you know, um, the chaos of a wedding day.
2: <laughs> no, that makes, that makes complete sense. So, um, and I live in a smaller town as well. Um, and I don't know if you just said this, so w- what town do you live in and where?
0: Uh, it's Ashland, Ohio. It's like a little town okay. dead set between Cleveland and Columbus.
2: Okay. That make that makes sense for sure. Um, and so how many high schools do you have there?
0: We have, one high school, that's the big one where it's literally probably graduating class of 250 and then all the surrounding ones, which is maybe made up of five, four or five high schools comprised of like 80, 80 to 60 kids yeah, in the graduating that's, classes.
2: That's kind of exactly what our setup is as well. It so, totally
1: is. It's so much like you, Matt. Yeah.
2: Like Matt. The, num- the numbers are almost like scary the same. I wonder how <laughs> many, I wonder how many places are. I'm just wondering, thinking out loud, like, okay, cities have this draw, but then I'm wondering if there's like towns that make it a certain size and then like kind of stall until they explode past like a million people or something like that. Mm. Anyways, I'll look all that up. That gives me something to look <laughs> up on, you, on YouTube tonight.
1: <laughs> um, nerdy, nerdy questions. Anyways,
2: en- enough about what I'm going to do on YouTube tonight. So, <laughs> um, so but thanks so much for being on. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited to get to know um, you and what you're doing in your business and stuff like that. So
0: Yeah, I'm very excited. It was funny because I – you know, I've I've listened to you guys' podcast for a while, and I, it's so funny because every intro I hear, it's almost always someone that you know, Matt. Like you're, you have some kind of story of like I met this person, you know, so many years ago at uh, this conference or this thing, and uh, so I'm excited that it's kind of an introduction for you and I. Um, so that's kind of fun. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's exciting because yeah, the first season we did, Kai and I kind of like agreed on people, and then like we, you know, now we're like, okay, let's find people that you don't know and I don't know and things like that. So. When we yeah. recorded the last couple, um, there were people that Kai didn't know. And now we got a group of people recording right now that I have no, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know you guys well, so I may have met some of you guys, but I don't know you well. So I'm like, super excited. It definitely brings a different element to it for sure. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: so I wanted to bring Isaac on, um, Actually, uh, one of my good friends, uh, her name is Michelle. She works for Enview, um, has met Isaac multiple times, and just uh, continuously saying Isaac's praises. She's like, "You have to meet him. He's so cool. He's this young guy." Which, how old are you, Isaac?
0: I'm 25.
1: 25. So he's a baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: and I was like, I was really like, okay, this is going to be really interesting. And then um, Isaac, you came to Kansas City, and we spent a day together shooting. Actually, went to church together, ate a couple meals, mm-hmm. and um, I was so impressed because what you've done is so different than what a lot of people do. You approached your business as a business, and that's what our podcast is about. Yeah, it's from nothing to profit. It's about having a photography business that supports your family and that can be something that you can be proud of and grow and become Definitely. something more than just a hobby or you know bringing in a little side money or something like that. So, um so yeah, yeah, I'm super excited to have you here and hear how you've done it because obviously you haven't been in the business 20 years. Right. <laughs> Unless you yeah. start when you were 5. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is going to be really really good.
2: Yeah, so, so kind of um, so yeah, yeah. Well, I'll just jump into the first question. So kind of tell us like what you're known for in your market, what you're trying to accomplish in your market, what your business looks like and stuff like that. So,
0: yeah. Um, it's funny what Kai was saying. Cause I, that was actually a big mental shift in my business. A pretty, I think it was like probably four years ago when I realized real fast that it wasn't going to be the, and I, I might get some flack for this. Maybe some of your listeners might tune in and give me some hate comments. But I realized realized at the beginning, it wasn't as much the creative as it was the business side of things that was going to make me money. So I'm not saying like that I just completely gave up learning photography, but I got to a point in my business where I just like, I felt okay with where I was at. And I felt okay with where the photos I was creating that I was like, you know what, I need to kind of not focus so many efforts on being a better photographer as much as I need to be a better business person, um, if I really want to make this work. And so, uh, it, it took like a whole mental shift in my brain to kind of think like, okay, yeah, there's people that are better than me. There always will be. I want that to be the case. Cause then I, I never want to be the best. I want to always have something to strive for, um, as far as creative goes, but I want to make sure that I'm the best in the business in my area. So uh, I I focused all my efforts on marketing and learning the ins and outs. Like the whole reason I actually went to traffic conversions was to learn more about uh, digital marketing, you know, figure out more outside the industry uh, where I can just be better at finding those clients. Because the truth of the matter is like a lot of these consumers are just typical clientele. A lot of them, not saying all, but a lot of them don't, can't really tell the biggest differences in one creative to another, like, and again, that's obviously subjective, but like it's one of those things that I just realized pretty fast that I could, I can get by with the creative um, and then come back to it later. So now I'm in my business. I've spent a few years on focusing in the business and I'm ready to kind of start ramping up the creative again, getting back to, learning how to be a better creative. And that was where spending time with Kaya, um, for that day, it was super cool to kind of see how she did things, uh, on the creative side and how she does things differently than I do. And that's another reason why I love, I meet up with photographers and learn just different creative elements that maybe I already know, but they have a different spin on or something I don't know at all. Um, so, as far as like what I'm known for my business, I know that's like a long start to no, the answer, great. but uh, <laughs> as far as what I'm known for in my area it's it's definitely the experience we provide. Um, people recognize how when we have the stylists, um, that's a big thing for hair and makeup stylists having them on board. And then also recently this year, uh, I added a style closet, which um, essentially it's it's a really cool just element to my business that we collected pieces of clothing, you know, from um, just all different kinds of stores uh, that are trending and kind of popular and things that maybe the kids wouldn't purchase, but they would love to use. Um, and what's cool about that, because I know Kai and I talked about this when we were together and she, um, I, you were saying Kai, kind of how you like, you weren't fully on board with it yet, but you were kind of like intrigued by the idea. I don't know if I'm, I i do not want to quote you wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, I think what's interesting about it is because of where you're at. It's not like they can just run to the free people store on the plaza yeah. and buy something. So I think it's a really great service for your area. But yeah. it, I know photographers in our area do it too. You right. know, so it's like, well, that's not necessarily something for me. Sure. But I think it sets your work apart, especially for where you're at.
0: Sure. And yeah, what I found too, this is really interesting because this is my first year of doing it. But what I found was, again, part of our experience is providing that that um, kind of higher end like consult where it's more based on building a session for them. So when I can just go to my style closet and say, here's the kind of outfits that work really well, or here's the kind of things... Even if they don't use anything from my style closet, which is completely okay, um, it at least like gets them excited or gives them some direction to start searching for clothes or pieces or whatever. Um, and it fe- like I had a mom, like her daughter didn't, she didn't really like anything specifically in her closet, but her mom was like, wow, that's so, that's so cool that you have that. Cause that's like just giving us more direction and more ideas. And they, honestly, we didn't use anything from the closet for her, se- her session, but the mom still raved about it. Um, so anyway, it's those kinds of things that the experience that we build, um, that really sets me apart in my area. Um, which I know is there's, it's not anything new in the industry. A lot of people are doing the same concept and same kind of things I'm doing, but in my area, it's for sure. Like I'm one of the only doing this so far, there's a few people coming up and trying things that I'm sharing ideas with them as well. Um, so yeah, it's, that's kind of the biggest thing. And, um, IPS too, doing in-person sales, the, the final product delivery, uh, that's really kind of showing people, this doesn't have to end at the, the digital, it doesn't have to end at the USB or CD if I dare say it. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of the gist of what we do and how we do it differently.
2: So do you want to take us through real quick kind of how you, um, build your closet, like, Cause that, that, I think that, that's where a lot of people's questions are going to be. So we'll just start there. Like, you know, how do you decide what pieces to put in there? Where do you find them? All, yeah. those, all, all those questions you think that most people would ask you.
0: Yeah. So I, um, I wanted to invest time into understanding what's trending, what's popular. And so I just started following the bigger brands, like free people, Um, even like Urban Outfitters, Lulu's. And uh, so I started following just to see trends and just kind of be seeing them in my feed, Um, not only to get inspired by the trends, but also get inspired by the photography that is happening with some of these product photos. Uh, And so I'm understanding what's popular now. And then how I started and how I kind of recommend it uh, for someone starting is to just start subscribing to some newsletters from some of these bigger brands. Uh, So I'm subscribed to like Lulu's, um, there's a big there's a big boutique. It's not boutique really anymore, but it's a company out of California called Nasty Gal. Um my mailman is very confused when I get those packages <laughs> at my door. <laughs> um and then one store I really love called Vicky Dolls, V-I-C-I Dolls or Vicky uh-huh. Collection. Um uh-huh. so I started I just yeah, I subscribe to their newsletters and kind of see, you know, whenever they have sales. Like I hit up some Labor Day sales and um yeah, I just kind of invested in pieces. I to start out like I bought pieces that were no joke, probably like fifteen dollars or less. I I focused on pieces that were different, or um, like I wanted casual things in my closet because not a lot of people show up with casual clothes, and for their senior photos because they think it needs to be some kind of um, super proper thing. But then they want to do stuff with their skateboard, and it's like, okay, great. Like I don't really want to do stuff with your skateboard while you're wearing this, like. Sundress or something. So, yeah. um, so having the closet, I've had pieces like T-shirts, like old band tees, like Nirvana sh- shirts, or brand name Levi or whatever. You know, so following brands, following stores, and just kind of getting their sales, seeing seeing what's happening and um, closeout sales. I, I'm I'm hitting those up for sure.
2: Yeah, no, that that's awesome. So um, it makes sense. So you're not you don't have like jeans in there and things like that, or unless they're like really specific like different looking GPA. yeah
0: yeah I've basically stayed away from some of the typical clothing items because the big thing is if I have items that they can add to their wardrobe then it's a win right like so if I have like a t-shirt they could bring some ripped jeans in with or so I've stuck with like if I have any pants like they're like camo joggers or red yeah. pinstripe pants you know stuff that they wouldn't probably own or if they do own it then it at least gives them the idea
2: and and what? How do you determine what size to buy and stuff like that?
0: That's the big thing, right? Um, <laughs> so we majority of my clients and I'm not going to like generalize and make people feel bad for being any bigger sizes, but we do. Majority of our clients are like size medium and lower, so right. I've kind of focused my efforts around that, um, around those sizes. And we I've started purchasing some large and some XL and stuff like that. But anytime I have anyone where I don't think they'll, they'll kind of fit my closet, I'll tell them, Hey, listen, this is our style closet. We're just building it. So it's got kind of restricted sizes, but don't look at it so much in that regard. If, if something doesn't fit you, that's totally okay. We can get some ideas and inspiration from the closet that even if you're not using my closet, it at least, at least gives you direction. So when you're going out shopping, um, so no one feels like, excluded even when I don't think they'll fit into some clothes it's totally okay because they understand I'm like I'm a photographer that has a clothing store in my studio essentially like I'm not going to fit everyone
2: yeah that makes a lot of sense for sure cool um Kai, do you want to yeah. Do you have any specific questions about that or do you want to take Yeah, I know. It's question? so funny
1: because I'm sitting here thinking about like that whole Visco girl trend with like the super giant t <laughs> And I'm like, well, you could, you know, fit everyone with those at least. If you had some scrunchies and some uh, water bottles, I think you'd be set.
0: <laughs> some hydro flasks. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah.
1: Even, you don't even need pants. So I think that yeah. works out.
0: <laughs> and that's the, th- yeah, that's the thing too. Like I have items that actually would fit any size. Like I've got kimonos and um, I've got like hairbands and hats, like tons yeah. I have this huge case full of sunglasses. So I've got pieces and things that any size any person can wear to where they still feel like they're getting that part of my studio, um, even if they can't fit in the whole, you know, the whole closet.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, okay, so what is the one thing that you're most like fired up and excited about about the industry, or what makes you like most like frustrated? <sighs>
0: That was one question that stumped me when you guys sent me like some pre-show questions. And, um, yeah, because it's one of those things, right? Like I don't, I follow, I follow a lot of photographers, a lot of influencers in our industry. I follow a lot of podcasts and I obviously the biggest thing that points out right is like gear is kind of something that is something new comes out. Obviously the big mirrorless DSLR thing and, um, specifically senior industry though, I, I guess what's, I don't know, what I'm excited about is there's, there's things, there's, there's photographers and influencers that are pushing the bar and kind of giving new inspiration. So like angles or perspective or, you know, but on the downside of that too, though, is you're starting to see a lot of people replicating and doing the same exact angles or perspectives. You know, it's, I don't want to like say any names. I don't want to say any specifics to like who I'm talking about, but there's just things that happen that I the originality is kind of, I don't know, nothing's original anymore these days, but I don't, do you guys know what I'm saying? I'm kind of rambling here, but. No, 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 no. I know exactly what you're saying. And so what, and I, I spend a lot of energy
2: thinking about that. Like, okay, this is cool. Do I jump on this trend and do it? Or am I going to be one of 4,000 photographers that will be jumped on this trend by the end of the month? You know what I mean? And then it's not original and I'm just right in the middle of the pack again. So you have to like kind of pick and choose what different you want to do.
1: Yeah, but I think too, like if you step back and you look at where those things are coming from, they're not coming from the portrait photography industry anyway. So the first person to do them in the portrait photography industry is someone who's doing the same thing that thousands of other photographers in the take a picture and edit a whole bunch and post three versions of it. World are doing so. I think I I think it's interesting that that you're seeing that and that that's bothering you because I think that it's just such a tiny little pie that mm-hmm. you should do what you like because to because your clients have no clue that people are taking pictures with their feet closer to the camera.
0: Right. They're bigger
1: and and on top of that they don't even like that. Like they're not even choosing that. You know, when I cuz I've just played around I was like, "Well, I'm curious." So I've shot some different things and they're like, "I will take that headshot with my hands close to my face. Like that's the picture that I really want. You know, like this mm-hmm. other one doesn't really do anything." So, I mean, I'm not saying it's it's, I I just think you should do what you like. Do if you want to try things, try it because you're a little into your little, um, world just doesn't really touch that world. You know what your client yeah. doesn't really touch that world.
0: Yeah. So, and I, I know like, even when we were together, kind of shooting, yeah. um, in Kansas, like we were trying things that, yeah, like you've seen some of the things I've tried and done yeah. and yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm all about trying it. I just, yeah. I, I for sure don't want to be someone that subscribes to being just like that. Or yeah. another example, another example too, is like, um I've got a friend and I, I said this to him. So if he's listening to this podcast, when it's, <laughs> um, if he's listening to it, he he's going to feel, he's going to feel like he's going to understand why I'm sharing it, but he, okay. I'm happy to sh- Yeah. I'm happy to share a lot of things with him. Um, and he's probably an hour and a half from me. So not too far, but um, close enough to, for some people to be worried about sharing. Uh, but anyway, I share stuff with him all the time and, uh, he will kind of replicate it in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm always encouraging him, like, don't replicate it like word for word or price for price. Cause even I published a new price list and I I was telling him kind of the things I restructured in my price list. And he's just like, can you send that to me? And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) No, like I've given you enough where you can kind of build your own from what you know, um, but I'm not going to send you this. And he was kind of taken back from it, but he understood why I was saying no to that, you know, because I'm like, I don't want you to copy every single thing I do because it works for me, but it may not work for you. Yeah. Well, and and, and people are
2: always going to want the path of least resistance, right? Absolutely. yeah. Like they're like, okay, if this can be a one hour job instead of a five hour job, can you just send it to me and save me four hours? Cause I got better stuff to do than, <laughs> than like- have to read, like try to figure out what you're trying to do in your business. You know what I mean? So right. that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I don't, so I think that some of that's just human nature for sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally. Cool.
2: But I think the other thing just real quick about, you know, in terms of following trends or, you know, copying priceless or whatever it is, I think that I've seen people do that. And I think that leads to burnout really fast because part of it, they don't understand it. So then it's hard for them to navigate it. But then also they're trying to maybe do something that they're not, that that doesn't come natural to them. And so I think they get frustrated faster. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's why you gotta be true to yourself because if you're going to be in this game long term, you gotta do what you like and you gotta do what you understand. Um, Cause It's just an easier road long term, yeah. For a year, it may not matter, but year two of trying to deal with to do something for some year two of trying to use somebody else's priceless or year two of trying to create somebody else's pictures that you saw on Instagram just can be super exhausting, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree, I, I think about that a lot in the industry as well. So, um Kai, do you want to kind of jump into the lightning round yeah, questions? We, yeah, we have sure. a little bit. We can spend a little bit of time on these. We don't have to f- fly through them.
1: No. Yeah. Well, I really like uh, the, asking this question of you, Isaac, because you are younger. You haven't been a photographer forever, Um, And so what was holding you back? Did you have anything holding you back from becoming a full time photographer? Like, did you think you were going to become a photographer when you grew up?
0: No, um, I, this is kind of funny. I, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, you know, as a junior in high school when pressure of college starts coming on you and trying to, you have to know what yes. you're going to be, you know, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. You've got, you've got kids in that, that, mm-hmm. that age range. Um, but, um, or maybe you, the two of you probably went through that as well at that same time frame. but, um, yeah, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, wasn't really sure. So I thought the best path would actually be like a military branch. I was thinking like air force. It's maybe not something I would know that I want to do, but I would have a career. I could get college paid for if I did decide what I wanted to do after through, through air force. Um, but funny story. It was, I was leading into my senior year of high school and, um, my girlfriend at the time, she was, uh, she was in yearbook and I was there with her at the school day before school started. And she was just kind of helping the teacher prep for the year or whatever. And the teacher's like, Hey, Isaac, I noticed you had a study, uh, study hall during your senior year. So I went ahead and switched it to yearbook and you're in yearbook now. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm like, Oh, Okay. The teacher did not That's funny. Yeah. Like I was already involved in the high school paper that we had, the newspaper, and I was doing photography for that. Um, I was in a video production program doing a lot of video stuff. So like she knew I had skills and that's why she wanted me to be a part of it. And so it kind of like helped push me a little bit more into photography and just documentation. And um, I started falling more and more in love with it. So I was like, well, I enjoy this. I'll start a business. I'll kind of do this on the side. But I looked at the average income of a photographer, and these stats are outdated. And I don't know even where they got these stats. But it says the average income of a photographer is twenty grand.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of it, them that are doing that.
0: I'm, <laughs> guessing, <but laughs> I'm yeah, right. And I don't know if like they're just. And I'm not like uh, ragging on like photojournalists, but I don't know if they're talking like photojournalists or you know the the, the our industry is so broad and like all over the place. Um, that I, it kind of scared me away from it. I'm like, I can't raise a family on that. I can't travel on that. Like, So it kind of pushed me away from photography a little bit, but I kept I kept doing photography on the side. And so I went off to college studying business and marketing because I figured I could use that in a lot of ways. And I just kept doing my business and my business started taking like more and more of my time. And I realized, you know what? I can learn a lot of this business marketing stuff in the real world, in real time. And so I dropped out of college and went full force into photography. Like I I had a job for a little while um, while I was doing my photography, and then I finally quit and went full time. So it was just kind of fear, fear of failure, fear of that $20,000 salary that I read about. um, That kind of held me back because I I didn't think it was possible to make any more than that for some reason. You know, so um, I mean, it was... What's that? Uh,
1: You do now. You make more than twenty thousand a year now.
0: Yeah, a lot more. So that's where it's like, yeah, that's where it's fun to kind of talk to anyone that's considering photography or thinking about photography, or any listeners that are like starting out and still are kind of like down in the dumps a little bit about not making money. It's so doable, and there's people that are so a lot more successful than me and beyond. Like, so it's it's inspiring to see it's possible. You know, even when I read about people that are, you know, in even more rural areas than my small town doing more, more than I am in sales. It's just like, okay, I have, I have no excuse. I have no excuse to sit here and wallow in my, you know, fear.
2: Yeah, for sure. So if you weren't a photographer, what do you think you would do? Like if if that wasn't your current job, what do you think you would do?
0: I have no idea. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's, it's, that's a good answer. That means (laughs) that you're in the right spot right now in your life. It's, it's,
0: yeah. No, and it's fun because, like, I think about, and this isn't like a a doom and gloom thing, but I do think about, okay, if tomorrow something happens and photography is not a thing anymore, people just erase photography from the planet and say we don't care about that, we're not buying it. What would I be doing then? You know, and I honestly. I, I have enjoyed entrepreneurship so much that I think I would launch into some other kind of business. I would yeah, I would just yeah, yeah. yeah, it may not be photography centered, but Yeah, would you still would do, be you, you want you'd want to create
2: something, you would want to yeah, yeah, build something. Yeah.
1: I agree. I feel like the same way. Like I'm like, "Well, I would just do uh you know, interior design or social media mm-hmm. or graphic art, you know, like I would just go do something else." Yeah. 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 I'll
0: tell you I'll tell you this, like I don't they say there's not a lot of money to be made and it's more like a passion industry, but I would absolutely love to own a coffee shop. I think it's kind (laughs) of like, it's like in my name. So (laughs) (laughs) I know, right. Yeah. Like I've seen some of those hipster coffee shops out there and I'm like, Oh man, like I want one of those.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's really fun. Okay. So, all right. So the question, um, this is, will be a twofold question I have for you, but so, excuse me. So, what, what do you think if, the, if you had like a thousand dollars right now, like what, what do you think that you would buy that's photo, photo related? And then more importantly, what would you try to avoid to spend the thousand dollars on? And the question, the reason I asked that question is like, what do you think people spend too much money and time on? And how, what do you think people spend not enough money and time on in our industry?
0: Uh, yeah, I love, I was so excited for this question cause I've heard, <laughs> you know, all the answers and, um, uh, from the other photographers you've had on here. Uh, so, um, yeah. What I would say, so like everyone has been saying education and I 100% agree. I think that is the first thing. Uh, but I want to say something else just to like Hi, say the, the second thing you can spend $1,000 on. Let's let's go there because education, 100%. Like spend money on, there's so many online resources, conferences, travel, things you can do that are uh, going to help your business succeed. I, I 100% agree. But second thing I would spend it on, um, if we set that aside, since listeners probably have heard that enough. Um, more materialistic. I would say, I would say, uh, I was super inspired and I, I know I keep referencing our trip Kaya, you know, with you, but I was so inspired to see like your studio backdrops and like all the props and stuff. And it made me think through like, how can, as a photographer, how can I set myself aside from shooting burners? I'm always asking myself that question. Um, every day. And so I've built a lot of those things into my business on separating myself from shooting burners, but like having sets like studio backdrops or Gary box, great example, like his yeah. studio. Oh my gosh. Like, so having studio backdrops, props, things that, um, aren't really cheesy, but are super fun, super kind of like makes people just want to come to you. Cause it, it's what you have and it's what no one else has. Um, I, it's that, that kind of inspired me a lot again, being, being in Kaya's studio, seeing kind of how she does things. It's very like, she's such a creative in a way, like, I want to try this thing. Let's just paint this. Let's just build this. Let's find this at this antique store. It was like so cool. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I don't even know where I'd start. <laughs> so, uh, like, I, no joke, like, if you see any of my studio work, it's always like white or gray. Like, I don't have props. Um, I don't really use fun backgrounds. Like, it's very, more modern, clean fashion style. Um, And I want to move away from that a little bit. I want to always have that, but kind of move away and move in the way of fun, you know, unique uh, props background. So uh, that's what I would say. More materialistic answer to that question. I love
1: that answer. I more props. um, I'll take
0: that. (laughs) Yeah. So here's what I'll
2: do. I'll just, I'll just back up a truck (laughs) and I'll give you all the props and backgrounds (laughs) I don't use anymore. And you can have, Perfect. All of them for free.
0: (laughs) Awesome. I'll take you up on that.
2: (laughs) All right. Um, Um, Believe me, there'll be a few that you'll be like, you know, have you ever gone to like a garage sale and you're like, I have no idea why.
0: Yes. (laughs) Like,
2: like why does that exist in the world? I would send you a few backdrops (laughs) that you'd be like, why did that ever get invented?
0: That's fantastic. (laughs) And I'll find some way to make it look good.
2: (laughs) But but we bought it and we used it for some reason. And I don't know why, but we did.
0: So I'm really Um, bad. I'm really bad at that real quick. Like, I'm really bad at that where I'll... Like someone will tell me they really want to do something specific. So for example, I had a mom say, tell me, this is so out there. She's like, I don't know why, but I just picture my daughter on a rope swing. And I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> that's very specific. But um, let me look and see what I can find. And sure enough, I, I went on Etsy. I found someone that makes rope swings. Um, I, I went and installed one at my – my family owns this cottage on this little little lake. Oh, my Installed it there. Oh, and – was- Yeah. Like it was so extra, but like we used it for the shoot and no joke, I've used it for so many other shoots now, like where I've gotten like creepy, eerie photos, like where the water was flooding underneath Uh the swing. And, um, my, my family just had a big camp out this last weekend and all the children were playing on the swing. So like I find these random justifications to buy Mm -hmm. props and things that I would probably never use again and somehow find ways to use them again. (laughs) And that, and that'll never change. change. Um, okay. So, so what would you avoid
2: spending that money on? Like, what do you think, like, what has been like a waste of money for you? Or you just think like, man, that's way overbought.
0: Um, I'm going to leave it, leave it very broad. Um, and I'm just going to say the next best thing. So yeah. Uh, and examples of that, obviously gear is the easiest one to say. Um, as far as like, the new, the newest lens, the newest camera, the newest, whatever. Um, I think people get so caught up in that, right? Like where it's like, oh, this, this thing's going to help me be better at this because of these reasons or these features or whatever. And it's so easy to get caught up in that. Like I, I get so excited about gear. Like I'm so nerdy with that stuff. Um, But I still try to have my reservations where I try not to splurge. Like, yeah, I can probably afford this next thing, but it doesn't mean I need to buy it um and that's where I don't know like if you can full fo- f- here's a here's an example a drone I really really want a drone oh my god <laughs> um so dumb like i i don't do vi- i do video stuff but like not really um like so I've been ch- talking to John Pyle um yeah. he he and I connected after I listened to his podcast on here and we connected and I, I started asking about like drone uh portraits and I'm like tell me more about this because that's one really dumb justification that I have for buying a drone, <laughs> and like I'm literally thinking through. I'm like, how could I like do some cool aerial portraits? And um, he he loves it. He does it. He he figures out ways to integrate it into his business, and he does other video related stuff with his drone. Like, so he has great justifications. I'm just over here going, that's a shiny toy that I really want. Like, and what kid doesn't want to fly around a little plane? Like, I'm still a child at heart. So, but um. <laughs> That's so funny because you're describing John,
2: um, and you obviously don't know John as well as I do because you're saying like, oh, he has justification. No, he doesn't. He's a kid at at heart. He bought that on a whim. He figured (laughs) out how to use it, but he bought it for the same reasons you're not buying it. Oh,
0: that's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. So anyway, I no joke like this was so dumb of me. Like, and I knew I knew it wouldn't make it, but I put on my Instagram stories. I said, if you, if I can get a hundred, hundred yeses or a hundred thumbs up on this Instagram story, I'll buy a drone. Oh no! And I knew it wouldn't happen, so I, I didn't even hit. I didn't even get close to it. But I like <laughs> I even shared. I shared one of John's uh, things on my story. One of his like portraits, aerial portraits, and I said, I would love to get into the aerial portraits. I eight hundred likes on this, and I'll I'll do it and. I didn't count when we close, so I'm like, <laughs> yeah, "All right, that's a that's a sign." <laughs> so stupid. Right. Anyway, the next best thing—that's what I would say. Don't don't buy the next best shiny thing because unless it unless it really really makes sense for your business. Like, I I'm I'm very passionate about trying not to make as emotional purchases as much as business purchases. You know, so um, thinking through—is this going to make me more money? Is it going to help me make more money, or is it just the next cool thing that's probably going to collect dust after I use it once? Um, So, yeah,
2: that's awesome. Um, Yeah. Go ahead and ask a few more questions. Like um, this, this podcast is going really fast. We're already at 30 minutes. So this is awesome.
1: Yeah. um, (laughs) Okay. So I, I was thinking what I would like to know is because I, I, I like where you've gotten yourself to, I feel like that you, this hasn't happened accidentally. You've really, you know, worked hard to get your business where it is and uh, done things strategically. So what what is one of your personal habits that you think contributes to your success?
0: So I'm a big believer in trying and failing. I think that's one thing. Um, I will try things. And if I fail, I'll try again. I'll try something else. Uh, so one habit like that, well, actually, so that would be my habit is trying and failing and then trying again. Because It's, it's easy to say like, here's the things that work, here's what's worked for me. But if we're entering into unknown territory, like for example, to give it like more context here, I, I did some newspaper ads. That sounds so dumb in this digital age we live in, but what was available, the advertising opportunity that was available was this huge, they, my newspaper, local newspaper puts out this grad section where they print all of the grad photos Um, And on the very back of it, full newspaper spread, like top to bottom, um, was available for purchase. So I'm like, well, it's newspaper. So I know that my demographic's not reading it, but their parents are probably checking this grad tab section or grandparents. And so I'm just going to put a huge senior photo and just say, literally all it said was class of 2020, It's now it's your turn. That's literally all I put with my logo and web address. like. Very brand awareness focused. No call to action. There's no coupon for me to track who came from that. But I wanted to try this brand awareness piece that was different, unique. And quite honestly, like it actually wasn't that expensive. The my ad sales rep from the newspaper kept like cutting his price. I, I wasn't even negotiating with him. I was I was willing to pay the full price, and he kept like talking himself down. It was it was great. But, um, Those are the best, Those are the best. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing though like trying and failing like I, I don't know if it worked but i I was willing to try it i I did some digital ads Google ads like I've tried i've put I've put hundreds of thousands of dollars in into things that didn't work and then it just led me to try the next thing that did um, so I'm not afraid to do that and I recommend you don't have to invest tons of money to try things think this doesn't have to be specifically ads you know it could be um, trying new lighting techniques or whatever. Like I, I've found some of my best work come out of the random stuff, just playing around, you know, like trying different posing techniques or lighting techniques techniques with my model team, um, where I'm not really high pressured with a client and I've gotten tons of failures where I don't even show my models, some of the photos because they're so bad. Um, but that's, that's how we get better. Right. We kind of Mm. put the, put the iron to the fire.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, So in terms of trying something new and things like that, like, is there like internet resources that you recommend for our audience or just in general internet resources that you would recommend?
0: Yeah, I highly recommend. um, I recommend Calendly. This is a software I use uh, for booking appointments with me. So um, I'm huge, huge fan of automation and taking my hands off things. So Calendly, Calendly um, allows me to kind of send my clients a link to just say, here, book book a phone call with Isaac or book um, a style consult. I still do style consults in person. I'm probably going to, which is where I plan the session with a senior. I'm probably going to move away from those soon, but um, I still do those. So I send the link and say, here, schedule a style consult. Client goes on, can see my calendar, calendar and um, pick a time that works for them. Uh, so I use that for a lot of, a lot of things, even like lunch meetings where it's like with a person I want to connect with, I'll say, here's my available lunch times, and they'll just go on and pick a time. So Calendly huge fan. I just, I've, I've had them for a year. I just re-upped my membership with them and it's so stinking cheap. It's like $9 a month or something around that price.
2: Yeah. And so let me, I want to give a piece of advice about how I use it as well. Um, so not only do I use it for them to book, cause then you, it's amazing how many people book at like book at ten thirty at night, you know, yep. that's when they're all together. So like, that's awesome that they can just do it when they, when they're all together. But then in the, I, I make custom co- confirmation emails and you saw this for the podcast mm-hmm. as well, but I do this in our studio and then it sends them a link that says, check out this website. They click on the link for the website, they follow it and it has videos and all the information they need for that particular thing. So like, when they book their consult, then it says, hey, follow this link and learn about everything you need to know about the consult. So then they go and they watch the video. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to talk about. Here's how you should prepare for the consult. And then when they do their session, we 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 don't have them book their session. We book we book their session form, but we just book yeah. through our calendar link. So we're, it's the same system. And then it sends them an email and it says... You know, this is when we have you scheduled and make sure you watch these videos before your session. And then it goes through all the videos and stuff like that. And that's super powerful in terms of getting people prepared for what they're supposed to be doing next. You know, that's that's been really helpful in our business as well. Yeah. So, um, last let's do last question. Oh, what two, we have two questions because we have a new one that we've never asked anybody before. So, um, what, what's a book you would recommend to people?
0: I love, and I know you guys are big fans of the Profit First. That's been a mm-hmm. huge, huge book in my life. Um, changed everything, so I recommend that. But uh, since it's already been recommended, I'll recommend a fresh, a fresh, uh, a fresh book. Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Have you guys heard I've of
2: this? Heard that. I've, n- I've heard I it. I've not never read it yet.
0: Oh my gosh, this this book. If you if listeners have never heard of this, or you guys have never heard of this, I highly recommend it. It's so cool. It's a former FBI hostage negotiator
1: I've, that I've wrote heard this. Him speak before.
0: Really? Oh my gosh, I'm jealous. Yeah, he on,
1: just on on a podcast, I think, or something.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. He he um, he ta- he wrote this book about just the concepts of um, how hostage negotiation, a lot of the tactics, and just like what he does in that world really relates to in the real world in business and in personal. So talking through things like, or uh, methods of like how to negotiate a car sale. And that would obviously be in your personal life when you're buying a car. Uh, But more specifically, like what I learned from that book was how to really, you know, get to people. So when I'm in the sales room with, with my clients, how to really like understand what they're thinking or what they're feeling so that I can best help them, you know, with, um, the sale. So I'm not, not being a pushy salesperson. I'm just being a guide for them and like guiding them through things that are speaking to, you know, who they are as a person, their needs, because he talks about some of these big high profile cases, how he talked, you know, some of these like terrible people into just surrendering um, and it's not manipulative that sounds like sounds like I'm setting no, up to say Here, yeah. here's how to manipulate people no it's just a communications focused book and I I loved it I, I'm gonna read it again soon because uh, it's been a few years but I that's one of the books I highly recommend because uh, it's good in personal life and in business. And so it's not just one or the other.
1: So what do you learn from it? Like, how, what do you like? What's an example of how you would use it in a sale? Like, let's say the mom's in there and the, and she's like, Oh my gosh, I would love them all. But the, your dad will not let me buy anything.
0: So, <laughs> that was very specific.
1: Well,
0: all <laughs> <time> <laughs> Putting me on the spot. So like I sorry, said, it's been sorry. a few years, all right? No, no, you're totally good. Um, <laughs> um, that's why I'm reading it again, so I can kind of refresh my memory. But um, no, he. one of the things like, well, two of the things he talks about is, which th- this isn't a new concept. I'm sure you guys have heard this before or you know this, but like how sweet it is for someone to hear their own name. Um, and you've probably heard, I don't know if you guys have seen this in movies, like, uh, shoot, there's that one movie with Denzel Washington where he's the hostage negotiator. Anyway, he learns the person's name and always references it. He always says the person's name and that's, that's a strategy for helping them just kind of like connect with you. Like where you, they understand that they're heard, they're felt like that you know them, um, even if you don't know much about them, when you just say their name multiple times, it just kind of builds that connection. Um, so that was, like I said, that's not like a new concept that he developed or anything, but it is a concept that works even, even in these high-profile cases and in real life. So um, if you
1: call them the wrong name, the whole session, <laughs> that probably is the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> I've
0: got a, I've got a, bet, ba- I've got a quick story. Like I, this was so bad. I when I did weddings, I. I was doing. I did probably like twenty weddings or whatever per season. Um, it's not a lot. I know people that do like two to three weddings a weekend, which is just nuts. But more power to you. But um, I was I was doing twenty weddings, and it was more than enough. Like more than enough. And I had consultations, you know, with all the brides and grooms, kind of around the same time, usually like winter time. And um, so I booked a couple weddings for the season. I was shooting a wedding. And one of the groomsmen looks so familiar. I'm like, I, this guy looks so stinking familiar. I can't place it. And I'm like, I was meeting all the groomsmen, shaking their hands, you know, le- trying to remember their names and learn their names. So I didn't have to say, Hey, you step to the right. It was more like, Hey, Jeff, step to the right. So I'm like, Hey, like you look so familiar. Like, how do I know you? And he's just like, you're shooting my wedding this season. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. I literally oh. forgot one of my clients. Not only their name, but I forgot who they were, and that like how much did that I apologize so profusely. I'm like I am so stinking sorry. That is so un- impersonal. Like I I felt so bad, uh, but that made me kind of push push me into the importance of remembering people people and making them feel like. They're not just another client, another person. Um, <laughs> That's so funny. Oh.
1: I wouldn't feel bad. I'd be like, uh, I have, I just, you're like totally in the wrong place. I don't even know.
0: <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal and I don't need to remember your name. No, so no, no. No, I'm, I'm, just, just I'm just kidding. <laughs> I,
1: cannot, I cannot remember. Oh, I'm so sorry. But I, I call most me. of my, sweet, my seniors sweetie and honey. So <laughs> <laughs> my <passion laughs> negotiation skills are really sucky.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. all right so the one last question that we've never asked anybody before you'll be the first one to have this um, and we, yeah. we just have a minute or two for the answer so what's the what is the craziest shoot you've ever done
0: uh, i'd have to say by far my underwater shoot um this was i this is the second time i've ever done it just the in what was it july so i just did yeah. it in july this year
1: i saw you were doing um, that. that looked cool
0: it's, it's a lot of fun, but what's crazy. I couldn't, you couldn't be more removed from your element. Like it's so, it's so different because not only is the client or is the subject or model like out of their element, you have to try to try to train them to not look like they're underwater with their face. Yeah. Um, and then like you're restricted with your camera buttons or you're like your camera control that you have to kind of trust in your gear a little bit. Like I had to shoot aperture priority the entire time uh, when I normally shoot manual mode. Uh, So like it was, it's nerve wracking in a lot of ways. Like you have to know your stuff and like know how to really communicate without being able to communicate. Uh, So like you can't just change their arm or hand placement while underwater. You have to go down, take a few shots, get back up and try to view through the underwater housing, if you got it right or not, and just go again, try it again. So this is the second time I've ever done it. I did an entire week of, of shoots like six hours a day. Um, and it was, it was exhausting, oh,
1: <laughs> but it. It, oh my goodness. it was
0: a lot of fun though. It's, it's like I said, if you want to try something different, it's so fun to try it. It could even be, it could be even be with like a GoPro or something. Uh, it doesn't have to be the full, the full shebang, but, um, I it's, it's a lot of fun because it's like, I don't know, removing yourself from comfort zone, the furthest you can remove yourself. Yeah. That's awesome. So cool. Um, well, thanks so
2: much for being on. Um, it was a pleasure to get to know you. So we'll have to keep in touch for sure. But, um, what a, what a awesome podcast because I yeah. think it just, um, I, I like your attitude about the about the industry. I like your attitude about business and stuff like that. I just think, um, it's really inspiring. So thanks so much for being on.
0: Appreciate yeah, thank it. you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun and um, I've enjoyed listening to the podcast and I encourage all those listeners out there to definitely keep subscribed to this if you haven't already. Cause it's, it's just a wealth of knowledge that you guys are pulling, not only from the two of you, you, the both of you have so much knowledge and experience in this industry to share. So it's cool to even listen to, you know, like, well, Matt, when you've gone through Russell Brunson stuff and, um, Kaya just in your, your own studio. And then I know Matt, you and your wife, like, so you guys have a wealth of knowledge and the people you bring on have such a wealth of knowledge that that's one of the best ways to kind of learn and grow. Um, so Yeah.
2: Yeah, thank so, you. And so tell us. Yeah, thank you. So tell people how they can con- um, connect with you. Is um, it best to follow you on Instagram or, to, you know, let us know.
0: Yeah. I um, You can find me on Instagram. It's at coffee creations and it's C-O-F-F-Y creations. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. I'm active on my Facebook page. Uh, it's a lot of the same stuff that posts to those two, but I, I jump on my Instagram stories quite a bit. Um, fun stuff. I'm going to be pushing more of my YouTube channel here soon. Just fun, random tips and things like for example, I'm switching to Windows from Mac, so that's one thing I'm going to be taking people on the journey of. <laughs> um, but I'm going to be I share a lot of stuff on my Instagram stories, so I highly recommend people connect with me there. Feel free to send me messages. I I respond. So, um, yeah.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Cool. All right, well, thanks so much for being on. Um, yeah, if anybody has any questions for you, they obviously can reach out to you, but um, yeah, we'll just leave it there and we'll see everybody next week.
1: All right. Thank you Thank you, Isaac, for coming on and uh, yeah. We're that was really fun.
0: Awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya. Be sure to subscribe for more business strategy and ideas to help you create the profitable and successful
1: business you've always wanted. See you on the next episode of From Nothing to Profit.